Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Today, we are talking to Mandy Woodruff. She's the co-host of the podcast, Brown Ambition, here on Westwood One, where she helps people save money by teaching them how to invest and make smart career choices. And she's also a mom, and we can't wait to talk to her. I mean, seriously, especially now being a single mom, I have so many questions about financial planning for our children. I know we've talked about that a lot, you and I, Jade, like, where do we invest? What do we do? Yeah. And like, I still like, I feel, I I don't know. I don't know the answers. I honestly still think that these sort of things should be taught in school. So we all have this resource tool belt. Like I've seen this meme before where it was talking about how like we have these things in our head, like what is the hypotenuse of something, whatever, you know, but then like, right. Am I ever going to use that in real life unless I'm like an engineer or something? No, you're not. But I need to know how to be financially smart. Like right. every everybody should. It doesn't make any sense. Not that I'm not that I'm like harping on math. I, you know, we all need classes like that. But I'm saying I think this should also be part of the curriculum. Oh, I totally agree. It's just like I feel like personally, financial planning should be included. Home ec, where people learn how to like feed themselves healthy meals and like take care of children and do all of these life skills like that should also be not just like a hey I should take home ec as an elective like people should really know yeah and what a credit score is really and how do you build it and why do you need it and yes all those sort of things so I don't know I'm excited to talk to her and hear all of her advice especially for all of us like women out there who, like you said, are maybe doing things on your own or even for me, like I would love to learn, even though like Tanner deals with, he deals with a lot of our finances. Um, yeah. I, I still feel like it's just smart to always be savvy in that department. Oh, totally. I don't even really know like how old is your kid when you should start, you know, investing in their future or investing in your own future. I don't know. I have so many questions. Yeah, or, um, how, or how to save, like how to have a budget. Yeah, especially a- right now. Like the there are so many people right now with this pandemic that are struggling financially. So if, who maybe had been putting money away, like do you dip into that money? Do you still try to save $5 a month? You know what I mean? Like how do you even deal with that? Right. Yeah, it's I feel like a great podcast for like the time that we're in because there's so many people are have so many questions about money. It's a huge topic right now. But also, Jade, how are you doing? I I can see you again. There you are. I can finally see your face. <laughs> I'm good. I have family coming into town today, so I'm really excited. My mom is coming to visit, and she comes every couple of months, it feels like. Mm-hmm. For a while, she wasn't. Um, it was longer because of last year. But she's coming, and then my brother, Zach, and my sister-in-law, Lindsay, and their nine-month-old son, Alden, and I haven't officially That's such a cute name. Yeah, it's a family name. Thank you. It's really cute. It's my great grandpa's first name, and then my oh, then cool. my grandpa's middle name and my dad's middle name because he's a junior. But I'm meeting my nephew for the very first time. He's my first and only niece or nephew, so I'm really excited. People have always talked about how like great it is to be an aunt, 
And I've never experienced that really quite yet. Like I get to watch him through the phone and all that stuff. You know, I see him on Instagram, but like I haven't got to like really feel that connection with him yet. So I'm really just excited to like see him and hold him and get to like really know him. Um, Yeah. How old is he now? He's nine months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's cute age too. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be so much fun. I was just in Arizona last week recording music and my brother texted me and he was like, I think we're going to come stay with you. I was like, I'm not there. He's like, that's okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. So I came back Tuesday and they stayed with my mom Monday and then came over to my house on Tuesday. And Bella was leaving on Thursday to go with Evan to California. So I was like, oh my gosh, well, let's just like pack in as much as we possibly can of like the kids having fun. But I am so tired from when you go into a recording studio, how mentally draining it is because you have to like, it's not even like that physically draining. It's just like you want the lines you're singing to be the best lines ever and you do it 2000 times. And so your brain is like constantly going. And so I just kept thinking, oh my God, how am I going to have energy like when I get home? And I still have no energy. So if I say things that make no sense, it's because I'm existing on like nothing. But the kids had so much fun. And my little cousin, Dublin, who uh, I say little, he's like 24 now, but he (laughs) came too and he's never visited me in Nashville. So it's like a full house right now, but I kicked them out for two hours. They went to eat lunch and go play on a playground or something. So now I have some peace and quiet, except for the knocking. <laughs> well, I don't what? hear it. So I okay, good. Maybe you it's have so weird. Maybe you have a, a spiritual visitor. You, I mean, a, or, uh, last night some weird stuff was happening when I was talking to Dublin. I was like, uh, okay, I'm just gonna pretend like that didn't happen. Like what? But, now you have to talk about it. Well, the front drawer just randomly locked itself. At 11 o'clock at night. And then we heard like something in like a rustling in the kitchen in the same 20 minutes. The front door locking itself was really scary because there was nobody awake but me in Dublin at like 11, 15 at night. And all of a sudden the front door just like locks. Weird. It's like one of the like that sounds. It was like loud and like scared the crap out of us. But it was weird. That is weird. <laughs> so uh, hopefully they didn't bring ghosts. With <laughs> we also went to a cave yesterday and Bella and Charlie had never been to a cave and I strapped Charlie like on me, like uh, in one of those carriers. Bella hated the cave. She was so over the cave. Like it was dark. She didn't like it. Charlie like hated being strapped to me. It was so miserable and I wanted it to be so fun. I was like, this is going to be fun. And then the ca- it was just like miserable. Although Bella had light up shoes and that was cool because she was making everybody laugh that was like walking by because we're in this dark cave and then you just see these little like light up shoes walking past you. That was pretty funny. That's cute. I used to love those shoes when I was a kid. I had had sneakers, sandals, like you name it. If they had the little light up shoes, I like at the bottom, I wanted them. So you obviously call sneakers sneakers. Bella was asking me something the other day and I said, oh, let's go get your tennis shoes. And she was like, what's a tennis shoe? And I was like, it's this. I was like, some people call. And I started listing different things that you can call a tennis shoe or a sneaker or whatever. And I was like, is this like a where you're from thing? I call it both. I also just refer to them as shoes. Like grab your sneakers, (laughs) grab your shoes, grab your. Yeah. 
I guess tennis shoes. Yeah, I mean, that's not like a term like I'm unfamiliar with, but I don't think I say it as much. I think I just like just say shoes. You say sneakers. Our shoes. I don't even say sneakers. Like I just oh, say gosh. grab your shoes. And then like sandals are sandals. You know what I mean? Shoes are tennis shoes. Like closed-toed shoes. And then boots. I think I... S- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I would feel like we would say it the same because we're not like far off like you're you're from nebraska i'm from texas like we're close we're only a few states away yeah i just say shoes it's just like that means pretty much closed toed shoes anyway i was thinking about that today because bella thought she started laughing because she was like tennis shoes (laughs) (laughs) why is that weird like that's just what they're called i love when little kids find something funny like that she was so cute the other night so i get home at like 9 30 from the airport and she was already asleep in my my bedroom's basically like in the kitchen. And so like the door was open and I was like, okay, Dublin, I'm just going to like, let's have a glass of wine and we'll just like stay up and chat because I never get to see him. But everybody else was like my parents left and it was just me and Dublin hanging out. 1130, I was like, okay, I got to go to sleep. So I walk in the room and she like hears me and she, she goes, mama? <laughs> I was like, hi, Bella. She's like, mommy, I'm so excited to see you. I miss you. But it was so busy. (laughs) (laughs) I missed you, but it was so busy. I was dying. I was like, that is such a cute way of saying like, I had so much to do, and but I still like thought about you. That's so cute. It was so sweet. I miss you. It was so busy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It was so cute. And then I had brought her like some, whenever I go out of town, I always get her something. And... All I wanted to do was like give her presents at 11 o'clock. And I was like, okay, no, don't do that. (laughs) Let's not wake her up. But it was really, it was really sweet. And then she just like laid next to me and then just like cuddled me and kept kissing my head. And I was like, oh my God, she's so cute. That's so cute. It was really sweet. I feel like that's the longest I've been away. I was away like, I was away for five nights. So that was like, I think the longest I've ever been away from as like just me going away. I think Evan... Evan and I like obviously left Bella for. Yeah, that's a long time without your babies. I feel like Charlie grew up. I came home and I now if I say, hey, Charlie, can I have a kiss? Like he opens his mouth and gives me a kiss. And I'm like, you grew up while I was gone. How many months? Also, why are open mouth kisses the best thing in the world? You basically kiss their tongue. I love open mouth kisses. They're so sweet. They're They're so. They're just slobbery. Oh, yeah. Slobbery all over you. Full on. I'm like, can I have a kiss? And he just full on opens his mouth and puts his mouth on my face. I'm like, there's nothing better than this. Brooks just is getting that. Like, he'll actually give like puckered. He puckers his lips and kisses. So cute. Oh, gosh. I've been waiting for those kisses. Like, he gives. He's given kisses to Bella for so long, but not me. Nope. Not good old mom. But now he is, so that makes me happy. But yeah, it's been you're like your life is about to get insane with all those people. Are they staying with you? Yeah, so we have a guest room. Okay. So my brother Zach and my sister in law Lindsay will stay in the guest room with Alden. We like have a little pack and play that he's going to sleep in. Cute. And yeah, and then my mom will sleep with Emmy in her bed. <laughs> they'll, they'll oh have my gosh, slumber. I thought you were going to say that, and I was like, I bet she is, and that's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, Emmy likes to have slumber parties. I don't know if it's like weird for some people to think about that being weird, but like, I mean, Emmy's had like I don't think that's weird at all. She's when- had. She's had my my mom and then T- or Tanner's mom sleep in the bed with her, and then like Tanner's sister Kara has slept in the bed with uh-huh. her. Like I don't, That's I just so fun. Yeah, I I I I feel comfortable with it. You know, I like obviously trust them. So and Emmy loves it. It's like a slumber party. Like she loves right. it. 
That's so cute. Yeah. When um when she goes to my mom's house, they sleep in the same bed. Or my mom comes over and spends the night every Sunday. And Bella now only wants to sleep with me, but she used to sleep with my mom and they would sleep in the same bed. So Bella has stayed over at your mom's house before? She has. It was probably like a month or two ago. It was my parents were leaving the house and they were going back home. My mom was coming over the next morning and Bella was like, grandma, I'm going to come with you. And my mom's like, oh, well, you can. And she was like, is that OK? I was like, I guess so. And yeah, they just went over and she went over there and spent the night. But Bella, whenever she goes, usually when she's spending the night with somebody, she just wants to chat. So my mom was like, we didn't sleep. Like Bella just wanted to like <laughs> chat the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> Her grandma chats. That's but cute. I know. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I need to send Bella over to grandma's house again. Like then they come back and they have this little bonding. I mean, they yeah. hang all the time anyway, but it's like so cute. I slept with grandma, you know. See, Tanner's mom has been asking like she, she like j- kind of like every once in a while she'll be like, oh, well, when you n- want to send them over to my house to have a slumber party, just let me know. Well, like uh, like all of them? Well, Brooks and Emmy, I think. Like, okay. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't mean, know you should like start with Emmy. I just don't know if I'm ready. I just like don't know if I can let go of that control. I don't know. But you know what? I'm giving her to my mom. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes, that's Tanner's mom. So there's probably like if it was your mom, you probably would feel like a little bit different, I bet. Yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. Unless you have like maybe a weird relationship with your mom and your spouse's mom is like your mom. Right. Everybody has a different relationship. But like what I have ever <laughs> said yes to like Evan's mom taking. No, absolutely. No, there's no way. She's so nice. But that just wouldn't have happened. But she also wouldn't have offered. But yeah, no, I some of my fondest memories seriously are of sleeping in my grandmother's house, even though it was like the creepiest house ever. But I want that also for Bella because I want her to like look back and think it was so fun at grandma's house. Yeah, no, I, I definitely have very good memories of staying at we had on my mom's side my nana and then on my dad's side it was my grandma and grandpa like very like fun traditions that we used to do with each of them but like uh uh-huh. I just don't Emmy's only three Brooks is only one so I'm like I just don't I just don't know when do you start that you know what I mean I feel I mean honestly like Whenever I obviously have already started it, but yeah. I wouldn't, I don't, I would probably not send, I wouldn't send both of them, but I also yeah. wouldn't send both of them because like, it's hard. Like both of them is hard. Like you don't need Charlie and Bella. Like Bella's <laughs> hard enough. Now she's yeah. in tantrum land. Yeah. I, I just love those memories. I think back and really like if someone said like, what are your top like five favorite like memories from your childhood? That would be for sure. One of them spending the night in my grandmother's house. I mean, like, I think grandparents are such like a blessing, you know, if oh, there's yeah. grandparents oh, yeah. in a kid's life, you know, so I feel like it is They're like so a great lucky. thing to do. Yeah. If, it, if it's available. Um, I'm sorry. Available, yeah. Reed is in the house. He is a little fussy and a little. Sorry. That's guys. okay. We'll just let you uh, do your uh, feeding and changing poopy diaper thing and then uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk to Mandy. Okay, so let's start. Can you tell us first off about yourself 
and about your podcast. Yeah, I'm, my name is Mandy Woodruff. I am based in New York in the suburbs. My background's in journalism, and I launched Brown Ambition Podcast about six years ago with my podcast partner in crime, Tiffany the Budget Nista, at a point when we were both really feeling like we wanted a way to to reach people with our message of financial empowerment and kind of destigmatizing conversations around finance, especially for people of color. There's a lot of baggage that comes with it. There's a lot of guilt that can come with accumulating wealth, but there's never been, a, especially now, it's never been more apparent to us that it's it's more important than ever for people of color to be striving for wealth and wealth creation. And there's a lot of work to do there. We have a bit of catching up to do. So I launched Brown Ambition at the same time as I was navigating my own career as a journalist. And I moved on to a a senior director role for a financial services company where I was guiding a team of writers, creating content for the masses, educational content around all types of financial questions. And I did that for about five years. And very excitingly, just a couple of months ago, I joined Ally Financial, which is a digital bank. They were one of the pioneers of digital banking after the Great Recession. And I have been with them for a couple months as their chief consumer advocate. So literally, I get to just talk to people about awkward money topics all day long, every day. And it's great. I love it. I mean, money is... It can be a very uncomfortable subject. I was just going to say that. Why is it why so is awkward? That? Yeah, I think that, honestly, I think it comes from a place of understandable lack of confidence in the subject matter. Like no one talks about it. And if you don't have a, if you don't have the kind of household where money is something that your parents or a relative or a mentor talks to you about, where are you supposed to learn about it? You know, it's not anything that's taught in schools. And for me specifically, when I graduated in the thick of the Great Recession, I lost my job, moved to New York, got a job, so excited I made it, lost my job two months later with just a, Uh. just a mattress to my name. And for me, I was like, the hell, like, what do I not know? And it was a little embarrassing to think that I'd done everything right. And yet I knew so little. So I think that's why it's awkward because it's just something that people don't feel like they have anything educated to say about. So they'd rather not have the conversation, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like too, sometimes like say your, your bank account is not doing so great. And it's like one of those things that you don't even want to look at, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when I lived in New York and I was waiting tables, there was a lot of times I didn't, there was nothing in my bank account. So I remember just being like, I don't even want to look at it, you know? Yeah. So I guess let's say that you are a person that doesn't have a lot in their bank account. How do you begin the process of planning your future when there's not much money even coming in. Yeah, I think, you know, and especially in a year like this, I know it's it's 2021, but it still feels like we're in 2020 part oh, two. Yeah. You know, yeah, 100%. the sequel. Yeah. So and I mean, I, I totally identify with anyone who is looking and there's just not much there. Like and you can really look at, honestly, it takes a few conversations with a lot of people before they're even willing to entertain the idea of striving for something more because there's there's this concept of financial scarcity, which is when you are so overwhelmed by the problems in front of you, the real problems in front of you, 
What mm-hmm. food's going to be on the table? Can we afford to, to pay the electric bill this month? Can we afford rent yeah. or a car payment this month? And you're so, you know, you're just trying to get by from those big challenges in front of you that it's really difficult for you to even think about yourself six months or a year into the future. So for me, it's really important to first establish a baseline of, you know, are you able to meet your needs each month? And if there's a cash flow problem, which is often people's problems, it's like when you have two bills that come at the end of the month and by then you've already you know gone through your first paycheck and you don't have another one coming till a couple of days, but those bills are due. That's a real stressful situation. So it's helping people budget. I know it's like a dirty, boring word, kind of like smells like grandma. It's a scary word. Yeah. (laughs) It smells like grandma. But it's where you have to start, right? This is where you really take control of your own decision making around. You feel less, you feel less controlled by your bills and your deadlines. And you can actually say, you know, I know how much I have coming in each month and I'm going to structure the month so that I can actually meet these obligations. For a lot of people, if there's nothing additional that you can bring in, it's super challenging to plan for the future. And I don't blame anyone for just feeling stuck. I do think in Mm -hmm. that case, though, you have to feel empowered to try, you know, to try to look for ways to increase your income. And Yeah, the round of stimulus that we just got, you know, um, people should have gotten that in their bank accounts uh, this past weekend into this week. Mm -hmm. And that's a good jump start for some people, you know, that extra $1,400 can be a great head start and get you in the right direction. But yeah, it's just gotta you just got to start. I have a question about the stimulus checks, then what would be your best advice for everyone who's out there receiving them to do with that money that's coming their way? Yeah, Um, this is the third round of stimulus payments that people have gotten. And I think it comes at a really important and crucial time. Uh, It couldn't have come any you know, it couldn't have come any sooner. Uh, People really need this money. And they need it not to go out and have a great time. You know, the majority of people we've actually surveyed customers at Ally, the majority of them just want to tuck it away in savings. And I don't think that's a bad idea at all, especially after a year like we just had, you know, I, I think a lot of people wanted to go out there and say, you know, hey, you know, you weren't prepared for this. You didn't have your 18 month emergency fund because we all knew we were going to be in this pandemic. No, this was an impossible challenge to prepare for. Even the people who did everything right were unprepared for this pandemic. So I think you need to be, yeah, just a little like we need to go easy on ourselves and also recognize that having cash on hand is very important. So I would say save it if you need it. You don't need anything right at the moment. Certainly using it for expenses that you need for your family security. So a roof over your head, that car that you use to get to work, groceries, if you're covered, like if you're in a position and some people are where, you know, your bills are paid, you've been lucky enough to be able to work remotely and safely from home, but you still get your stimulus check, saving it, using it to pay down consumer debt, like high interest credit card debt. If you've got enough in the bank saved already, you know, definitely go ahead and put it towards some consumer debt. And if not, parking it in your savings, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people have wanted to say, I should, in- I should invest this $1,400 and, uh, you know, make $14,000 out of it. Like, you know, they just had, there was this whole kind of push this past year, not push, but this whole like sense of FOMO around stock investing. Listen, if you want to get into the stock market, cool. But I think there's nothing wrong with a good old fashioned savings account or just padding your retirement fund. Like, why not? Yeah, for sure. What's like the biggest 
mistake? Like when you talk to people, what's the biggest mistake that you find people make when managing their money like on their own before they got to you? I think it's not knowing how much they have coming in and how much they have going out. If you're really down to counting your pennies each month and you're living on the financial, you know, fringe like that and you on the edge where every penny counts, you probably know exactly what you make. But there's I think the struggle is people who are doing okay, but they still feel like they're treading water all the time. And that is, I think, entirely because you're doing okay enough to not need to worry, but you're not doing Mm -hmm. just like the basic foundational work of budgeting that can help Mm -hmm. you feel like you're more in control. So I think a lot, a lot of people live like that, the paycheck to paycheck. Like you're making your bills Mm -hmm. on time, but you don't feel like you have much left over. You don't really feel like you know. It's like every month someone robs you and you're just like, oh, all the money is gone. Okay, when's the next paycheck coming? And then you just kind of hang on. Right. And uh, that's where I feel like you're not taking control of your own financial destiny. And that is where sitting down and actually looking at how much you have coming in, how much you have going out, knowing how to pay yourself, uh, which is, you know, automatically transferring money uh, to your savings or your investment accounts. That is really the key. Um, so I, for people who are in that feeling stuck, you know, like they they just can't get a handle on why there's no money left over, it's really probably just a cash flow problem and they're just not looking, you know, at at what's coming in and what's going out. So would you say like for someone who couldn't like afford to go to a financial planner, would you say like make a spreadsheet and then put like all the bills and like all the grocery items and all of everything like on there and then I used to do that. I used not anymore. You don't do it anymore. I am blessed enough now that my husband does the finances. But when I was single and I worked as a waitress, I would take all my tips and but I didn't do it on a app. I would put them all in an envelope. And I had each thing budgeted out to a percentage of everything I made each night. I would put 20% here, 20% there, 10% there, 5% there, whatever. And at the end of the month, you know, if I had extra, it went into savings. But that's how I was able to make sure I stayed on track. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise I would have been somebody that's really who... Smart. Yeah, but also it was cash. So if my apartment burned yeah. down, there goes all my money. But that's, yeah. that was just like a yeah. really great way for me to feel in control of my finances. Yeah, absolutely. And there are digital versions of that envelope system now. I mean, there's a million different great apps out there. You need a budget. Why They call it YNAB, I think. Um, you need a budget is a good one. And I think that's either there's probably a free version or a low cost version of that, which is a yeah, it's a digital budget, essentially. And then you have mint.com and then you have personal capital. And even some banks, you know, you can pretty easily see or categorize your spending or get a sense of, you know, where's the money going to. So I would say there's tons of free resources out there if you want a budgeting tool. But of course, if you want to just whip out your Google sheet, or your Excel spreadsheet and put down, Mm -hmm. I mean, that is it just like what is going in what is going out. And for for couples, my husband and myself included, sometimes I know exactly what's going in and coming out of my bank accounts. But sometimes I'm looking over at his credit card we use one budgeting app together where we can kind of see everything that's going on. But sometimes I'm like, what did you spend at Home Depot? Like, what is going on? Um, some accounts are separate, some are joint. So we we sometimes kind of lose sight of what the other is doing. And then it's like, whoops, we kind of both went on a tear. Um, so that's where that transparency <laughs> can be helpful for couples, for sure. I actually really like that. That's something that my husband and I should look into. Yeah. And your husband's managing the finances. So do you, what does that look like? I mean, when you say he manages them, 
what does that entail? Do you just not have to think about anything? Do you get like an allowance? I don't know. Like, how does that work? No, I mean, I definitely, um, because I do have um, my own income. So it all, we all have one, we have one account and he just pretty much handles all the bills um, that come in. So I don't worry about any of that, which is actually really nice for me because of the way my parents grew up. They did live paycheck to paycheck and it was very... um known to us kids, their financial stress. Mm -hmm. And so I still carry a lot of that burden. And so for him to handle it actually takes a lot of my anxiety away. Um, Yeah. It's something that like, okay, I know he's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of our kids. But um, I don't have like an allowance. Like I'm still just like allowed to pretty much like consciously spend what I know like is – good for our family. Um, But he does every once in a while be like, what's this on Amazon? You know, like he does kind of check up on me. But as far as like all the bills and everything, he he just takes care of all of that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with one person kind of having that, you know, in in our household, I'm sort of like the long term planning financial person and kind of we don't we kind of have a process like where we are paying ourselves first in terms of like, I make sure that we have automatic transfers going to certain accounts. And so I don't have to worry necessarily if my husband, um, you know, goes to Home Depot and goes on a big shopping spree or something like that. Because even though I'm a little annoyed, because I think it's kind <laughs> what of is he buying there? <laughs> listen, no, I, I'm actually, I'm really, I'm really proud of him because he just sold this, you know, last summer when people were just doing home improvement stuff, because there was nothing else to do. Yeah. And he's, oh, for he's sure. very handy, but he's not like, buy a $500 miter saw handy. That was a little insane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When he bought that and it's huge it's huge and it's just sitting in the shed and he has no space for anything else and he finally like with his tail tucked between his legs was like i'm gonna sell it on facebook marketplace so <laughs> he, he offloaded that yesterday for 400 bucks so um oh yeah gosh, he's a man. he's a uh he 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 says oh i'm spending money just so we can save money but, but are you gonna build furniture or <laughs> like right how Where are we how are we getting that 500 dollars back <laughs> yeah yeah there's yeah um you know, that's always going to happen. There's always going to be like your version of the miter saw in a relationship. But for me, for couples, oh, I yeah. think transparency, you know, it's fine if one person manages the the bills and everything like that. Of course, trust is necessary there. And it sounds like you trust your husband. I trust mine too. But as long as you know, and I think for your own, for your own self, listen, I was raised by a single mom and money was and I was and my parents did not do the whole divorce thing well at all in terms of like arguing over money and child support. And I was in the middle of a lot of that stuff. And it was just, you know, between me and my therapist, we handle it now. But I, too, <laughs> I think I overcorrected like you. You're like you took the um avoid that space yes. reaction, which is totally understandable for me. It was yeah. like, no, I'm going to learn everything and be way too involved and like, you know, just have complete control over everything. But yeah, it your childhood certainly impacts the way that you see money. It's just good to be aware of that. And at the same time, no, you know, even though you're you're nervous about it, it's very empowering to understand how the bills are getting paid and, and feel like you're aligned and, you know, reaching your goals as a family. Yeah, no, for sure. Speaking of kids, I mean, I paid for part of my college. My parents paid for part of my college. But as a parent, I am now a single mom and I want to begin to save like for my kids' futures as well. I don't even really know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Do I want to pay for both their colleges? No, I also want them to work for that. And, you know, like I want to instill also like that they need to do their own thing as well. But mm-hmm. how would I even begin 
what does that even look like when you want to save for your kids' future? Like, yeah. how much do you put aside? Like, what do you even do? Yeah, we t- we get this question a lot on our podcast, and and I just do from friends and family. I have a 15 month old, and it was also a question for my husband and I. You know, what's the right way to save? We started with the custodial yeah. savings account. So through Ally, for example, um, that's where I banked even before I worked for them. So I'm not like just plugging them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was an Ally fan. You can open a custodial savings account, and that just means that you know as as the parent, you have control over it until the kid is whatever the legal age is in your state, like 18 or 21. And okay. we just started, you know, putting $100 every paid period into that savings account. And for us, it was like, you know, let's just do it. We we can afford it. We're going to just put some money aside. It makes us feel good. And then he opened a 529 yeah. plan. He got very excited. And a 529 plan is a tax advantage college savings plan. Every state pretty okay. much has one. And it is a way for parents to save and the money grows in an investment account tax free. And it grows there for as long as you are willing to invest it. The only thing is with a 529 plan that you have to use it for educational expenses now. And that can be, mm-hmm. I think in the the most recent tax reform, they did kind of expand what you can use it for. In the past, it was just higher education, but now you can actually use it for K through 12 school fees if you... Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. So that's one option, but you have to understand like if your kids don't go to college, you may just have this big pile of cash that... And then what do you do with it? Well, you can you can do you have to pay taxes on you it? can withdraw it, but then you have to pay a tax gotcha. on top of it because it's not being used for its intended purpose. So, as an right. alternative to that, you have a, once a kid starts earning an income. So once your kid is I don't know fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can start saving for them in a custodial IRA, an individual retirement account, which is, you know, um, an IRA is just a, a way to save for long term investing goals like retirement. So you can open one of those through any like most banks have them, um, whoever you bank with or you have your retirement fund through. You can open a custodial IRA and then you can you can contribute as much as the kid is earning. So you can kind of match whatever they're earning. Some parents oh, do that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Like that if you cool. earn 500 bucks, then I we'll kick in that. 500. I will yeah. say, though, sometimes for parents, I wouldn't sweat. I mean, I think today's parents of young children are way more educated about the cost of college because we all have student loan debt, you know, or if you went to college yeah, and or you yeah. at least have understood how expensive it is. And these bills come due and they can really wreck your finance. Well, they don't wreck your finance, but they can really just they're scary. Yeah, they can just like put it's like putting a cement block around your ankles for the rest of like, you know, your career yes. it just holds you back. Yeah, for sure. And I, I feel like this generation of young children going into college, at least the parents, I hope, will be able to help them make a smart decision, a financially smart one about where they go to school, how much they pay for it, et cetera. But also think about as a parent, like, are you putting your own financial oxygen mask on first? How's your savings look? How's your 401k? The kid has options and time. The kid has options for federal student loans. Mm -hmm. They have options for scholarships and grants. They have options Mm -hmm. to get a part-time job, right? The older we get, the less time we have to make sure that we are financially secure. So mm-hmm. I would say if you really, if it's down to whether to put your last $100 toward your 401k or your kid's savings account, I would say there's no shame in paying mommy first. None at all. Yeah. Especially as a kid of a mom and parents who weren't super financially secure, I feel like maybe the kids won't appreciate it, but knowing that mommy and daddy are okay or mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy or mommy are is okay, then that is a that is a gift to them that they may not realize now. But like 
you're welcome. You don't have to worry about me. Go do your thing, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I was just reading this book the other day about how sometimes even release like the financial mom guilt of being like, I'm going to take care of myself because then a kid knows how to do it later in life. You know, like you're setting like almost a moral compass for being like, this is how it should look. And it's it's okay to take care of me because eventually you're going to take care of you and I want you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm all about, you know how like you always see makeover shows. I remember I used to love um, Oprah yes. and Ricky Lake and these shows yes, where they were like the morning shows and they'd always have like the really haggard mom like, oh, <laughs> Molly Sue oh, yeah. from Atlanta, Georgia has never <laughs> brushed her hair a day in her life and she gives everything to her children and oh, which is amazing and we're going to give her a makeover and it's almost like the message to women is like, you must deprive yourself of every creature comfort and every ounce of self-care so that you're worthy of attention and love. That is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I, I think about it so often now. Yeah. And it's good for kids to see happy parents, right? So yeah, pouring into yeah. yourself is never something to feel guilty about. I'm 100% with you. I'm all about being a, a mom first kind of person. Yeah, I feel like our generation of moms are a little bit more aware of that. We've seen like what our mothers went through and how they did kind of like they didn't put their oxygen mask on first. And I feel like we're we're talking more about mom guilt and all of the things that come with motherhood. And we're able to like start rewriting that narrative. Like you said, and like empowering mm-hmm. ourselves. And I mm-hmm. think that's one of the best gifts we can give our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And just yeah. showing your kids the human side of yourself. Like maybe mm-hmm. you don't know all the answers, but you know, you can figure it out together. There's no shame in that. I I definitely think for some kids, you know, their parents are like, oh, you're going to handle all like my husband, for example, he was born to Dominican immigrants, you know, and uh, who didn't speak fluent English. And so it was really up to him to kind of navigate his college and navigate how to open a bank account and all of those little, you know, things that people may take for granted about becoming an adult. And he luckily had an older cousin who was sort of a mentor to him and you know, you can find that mentor. For me, it was my my uncle, my dad's half-brother. And he became just a person I would go to when I was negotiating my salary or, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about moving to New York and just having someone that you can bounce ideas off of and kind of um, check in with is, is, is great. I've never really had a good financial person I could talk to. I kind of just kind of did it on my own and then I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Do you oh, feel wait, like and- it's because you're afraid of someone being like, you're not doing it right? Oh, a hundred thousand percent. Yeah. Because I'm not. I still am not. I mean, why don't you think you're doing it right? What do you think you're? Are you like going to the slots? Are the slots even open? I don't know. No, <laughs> no. I don't. They might not be. I don't know. Um, no, I'm definitely not a gambling person. Um, I've been better about it since my husband and I uh, separated. I've been better about it just because. I think before I was like, oh, I can like buy this, and now I'm like, okay, but like now it's just me and the kids, <laughs> like. Maybe I shouldn't be like making that purchase or whatever. But I think it's the same, like Jade was saying, like my parents always like finances were, it was a stressful topic. And so we just didn't talk about it. Like when, like for a while, like we had some money and then all of a sudden we didn't have any. And so then nobody just talked about it, you know? So then my dad became like the really big penny pincher saver. So then like when I was going on cruise ships and I'd, I was traveling for free and doing all these things. My dad could see that I was like, I don't know, like living, living the life. And he's like, are you saving? And I was like, oh gosh, dad, like 
ah, don't talk to me about finances. So then like, I'd never talk to him about it. Cause I'm like, oh gosh, like I don't want, it's, it, I feel like he's like putting something on me. So I've always just been like, don't look at it. Don't look at the bank again. Mm. Oh, you should. I, I mean, am way more conscious about it now. If you think about it, there's not like a scary demon there. It's just the truth. And I think once you're willing to look at what you have coming in and have going out and start naming and getting clear about what you're saving for, if you're saving for something, just saving to save, you know, it's fine. But do you have a reason? And what are you saving for? And kind of like visualizing it, visualizing uh-huh. um, and naming. You can actually name your savings account sometimes. Um, where, you know, with Ally, you can oh. like open oh, one savings account, but you have like 10 buckets where you can say, this is my wedding bucket, my down payment for home. I have one for my son's cool. daycare. And I feel like once you name it, it becomes less scary. And the point I really want to make is how freeing it is when you know I'm going to do this budget thing once and I'm going to know, you know, and and for me, I like to take myself out of the equation and set up automatic transfers so that I don't have to think about it every month. Who wants, I don't have, I don't look at my stuff every month. You know, I just know I have this much going to that account and this much going to that and whatever is left in my checking account, that's what I budgeted for. That is my play money. Play money or like, you know, buy something for the kids or go out to eat or order in (laughs) in a time like this. And it just feels a little liberating. So... Yeah, I feel it's I want everyone to to get to a place where they can feel like it's not it's not a scary thing to know the re- your financial reality because I think only mm-hmm. then can you start really feeling free to make decisions and really be in control and not again feel like you're being jerked around by your upbringing, the voices in your head right. that are not our own, you know, right. everyone else's right. wants and desires. It's like yeah, just starting from that foundation of like I can do this. I'm going to figure out what I value, what makes me happy, and I'm just going to do it, you know? I love that. I actually think that's a really good way to leave this podcast. That's super empowering because that's what we always try to leave this podcast with is like a little bit of like a pep in somebody's step. And I feel like this is like a financial pep in your step. <laughs> you can do I it. Hope. <laughs> I just, yeah. Everyone's so afraid they don't, they're not doing it right. And I think the same way that you're, we don't like the way we look or, you know, we could always be eating better. You can just be kinder to yourself. And I think that applies to your finances too. Yeah. Thank you all for I having totally me. It's been fun. Thank you so thank much. You, we Mandy. really appreciate you coming on. Likewise. Where can everybody listen to Brown Ambition if they want to find your podcast? Oh, goodness. You can go to iTunes or wherever podcasts can be found. Please follow us. I think they say follow now instead of subscribe, apparently, on iTunes. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Subscribe. Leave us a review. And we're also on Instagram, Brown Ambition Podcast. Or you can check us out on our website, brownambitionpodcast.com. Awesome. Thank you so thank much, y'all. Mandy. Take care. Appreciate it. Bye. You know, it's so interesting because I really, so like Evan and my finances were are always separate. I never asked questions. I really have lived in a world of like financial fear. I feel like there's a fear based around that for so long. And I honestly feel like in the past couple months, because I've been doing everything myself with kids, it has put more of a um, fire in my butt to be like, okay, get it together. And I feel like now I feel better about the fact that I hadn't been doing it right for so long. And that like now I can and it's not actually scary. It's just really about being organized. Yeah, no, I feel like, like you said, there is a lot of fear. And what Mandy said, there's a lot of stigma around talking yeah. finances and taking control of your own finances. I don't know what it is about 
about it that makes you feel like you're not in control, you know, almost like you have to surrender to your circumstances or your money or, you know, or whatever it may be. But there is this like tough feeling around it. And so my anxiety that I've always experienced when I've talked finances, I've always just avoided. Like avoidance is like my way of coping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it really, when it comes to your finances, it's not something that you should avoid. And so I love that Mandy has this podcast and um, she's giving people the resources to take baby steps to to kind of take your power back when it comes to that yeah. so you can feel more in control. And I feel like when you feel like your finances are something that doesn't define you, it, yeah. it just really lifts that burden off and can – yeah. For sure. Finances can really like impact your mental health. I totally agree. It's such a weird, like scary thing. Uh, Also, I can't, I'm getting a little distracted because I'm looking at his head in the mirror and he keeps looking at himself so cute. And it's, (laughs) and then I also keep getting all these flashbacks of when Emmy was here a million years ago when Bella was like baby, like baby, 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 Bella, and they look so similar right now. And it's freaking me out. Uh, Yeah. Reed. I mean, he definitely has his own little look, but he looks a lot like Emmy too. It's just like, it's just like, I'm going to take a picture of the screen. I'm taking a picture (laughs) of the screen because I have to like show you like, see, hold on. Now I can't see his face. I don't know. But it's so when I see his face again, I'm taking a picture. Of that. There, there's the little face. Oh no, his hands in front of me. Anyway, it's so weird. I keep like I'm. I just keep being like, oh my gosh, I'm. T- it's taking me back to those photos of Bella and Emmy. It's so bizarre. But then when you turn him frontward, he doesn't look like that. It's just like there's some hi, cute boy. <laughs> Are you so cute, peekaboo? Oh my gosh. Well. Anyway, you guys, thank you for listening. Sorry for a little baby distraction. Actually, I'm not sorry because I'm looking at like the cutest baby right now. And now he's waving to me. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that this podcast helped you feel less stressed out about finances. Also be sure to check out their podcast and rate and review their podcast and ours as well. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week.